Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey everybody! Welcome to the new look uh, Chief Concerns, uh, our live post game, uh, first ever live post game episode with our guy Lance. We got our guy Lance has spoken coming on, um, and JD will be on in a little while. But um, yeah, it's kind of tough to have our first live uh, post game show right after that. We just witnessed um, Lance. Uh, how you how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good now that I get to talk with you guys because this makes me feel a little bit better. Because I feel like when you get to vent. Out your frustrations. That's always that always makes things better. But make no mistake about it. This is going to be a really long week for Chiefs fans and the Chiefs as a whole. Man, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm still pretty stunned to say the least as to what we just saw. And I'm sure we'll go deeper into this. I'm sure that you have plenty of good questions on this one, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just there, there's a lot of things that jump out. Um, I, I see we're getting some comments in already from from people, but um, yeah, from from Nina. Uh, despite what's being said on the Bluebird, the the L wasn't just on Chris Jones, and that's true. You know. That was a play, a pivotal part of the, of the game. Um, and obviously, it's one, that's one that's going to linger because that was that was pretty much the game at the end. Uh, but then you talk about the special teams aspect, which I gotta say, man, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only 28, so I you know I haven't watched that many games of football in my life, but I can't remember a game where the special teams from top to bottom was just that bad. I mean, the fourth and ten field goal. Fake field goal pass play—that's something that like like an eight-year-old does in Madden. Like no no one does that. I mean, I, I get the kicking woes we had, but what was that? Yeah, uh, this is by far, and I'm not being hyperbolic here. I'm only a few years older than you, uh, Marcus, but I can say that this is without question the worst special teams performance of the day in the Dave Tobera. He's been here since Aunt Sandy Reid got here in 2013. Uh, I've never seen his special teams look this lost. They've had penalties. They've had frustrating moments and times and games and that nature, but nothing to this effect where from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, it looked this bad. Now, we understand that Harrison Butker has been out, and Harrison Butker is historically one of the most accurate kickers of all time, so no matter who you have in his place while he's out, it's always going to be a downgrade. But my God, man, Amendola was about as bad as a kicker could be in the league, man. You have two chip shots, one from, I think, 26 yards, 
and then one from 34, and you just absolutely just bonker them, man. It just I don't understand what we saw there. Then you see Brian Cook get injured. Like you said, Sky Moore puts one on the ground. Marcus, this is just one of those kind of games, and I don't know why this happens in the Andy Reid era where you have these incredible teams, these incredible rosters, and they have this one game every single season where you don't understand how they lost the game. And just to throw this stat out here because it's something I put out there originally that our guy Nick Wright from FS1 uh, put on the national uh, uh, side of things when I talked about how going into this game, the Chiefs were 45-1 and in the Patrick Mahomes era when they held their opposition to 26 points or less. Um this is now their second loss in the Patrick Mahomes era. They're now 45-2. and two. And ironically, Marcus, both of those losses are now to the Indianapolis Colts. So I, I sports are weird, man. And this is one of those weird things where for some damn reason in the regular season, the Chiefs versus the Colts, it's just a really, really weird matchup. The Chiefs, weird things happen. And there was a lot of weird things that happened in all three phases of the game in this one. Yeah, um, all those points, uh, I agree with everything you had to say there. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, our guy, Jason Dunn, former Chiefs tight end, Jason Dunn, to come on and join us. J.D., we were kind of, we're airing out our grievances a little bit, and we're getting some fans to react here. Uh, special teams is kind of the big thing. Um, mm-hmm. And someone, uh, Nina actually, uh, or Nene, um, uh, said earlier that uh, despite what's being said on Twitter, this loss wasn't just on uh, Chris Jones. Um, we talked about special teams, as Lance and I were just speaking about. What do you have to say about that loss? <laughs> uh, let me see. In my notes, I got. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> special teams suck. Uh, let me see. <laughs> Terrible on special teams. Defense played well. Offense was so-so. Special teams suck. That's where I'm at with everything, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, look. Yeah. Here, the, the reality is this, and I, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I was was kind of talking about this, yelling at the screen. Uh, a little bit. First off, Lance, what's up, my brother? How you doing, man? JD, it's great to have you, buddy. I, I wish we were talking under better circumstances, dude, but this is what we yeah, got, sure. the risk we take. Right, right, no doubt. You know, the, the reality is this. Uh, I think, you know, when it started out, I think uh, Spags had a great game plan going into it defensively. I mean, it's the pressure that he, he was able to put on, on Matt Ryan and stopping uh, uh, Jonathan from getting going I, I was, was a wonderful, wonderful uh, scheme to put together defensively and they did a, a, a tremendous job of doing that uh offensively I, I just think that we could just kind of stalled out and miss on a, a few opportunities I think we came out the second half and looked pretty good as far as driving the football at first and then all of a sudden it just seemed like it just it dwindled away and I for for the life of me I just I don't know what it was I don't know if it was just some of the timing off uh the whole line up front struggled a whole lot Trey Smith looked uh, really bad you know I don't like calling guys out but you know, sometimes he didn't do that well uh, on the front line. And I think it kind of goes across the board. The guys just weren't on the same page all the time like they should have been, you know, as far as uh, blocking or pass blocking up front. Um, but special teams, you got to go into the special teams part of it. Uh, if everybody understands exactly how imperative it is, how important it is to have all three phases of the game working at the same time, just working on all cylinders, uh, this game right here showed you what it meant. You know, and so this is what I was saying during the offseason – when I was saying preseason-wise, is why is do we have to check on those guys running the ball out of the out of the end zone? Yeah, I mean, you're just teaching them bad habits. I mean, really, you know, you really do. When people was, oh, you know, well, they just kind of that's what. Too, listen, this is what ends up happening when you start giving a team like the Chiefs bad field position, and that's exactly what was going on. It's bad field position. Here you got uh, Sky Moore muffing a pump. Uh, it was just a lot of blame to go around. But special teams should have not looked this bad. And the reality is when we sit over talking about special teams, you got guys 
that's the one phase of the game that every single player is involved in on special teams. Every single every single player. And I think somebody said something on Twitter. I'm just like, look, everybody's in the media on special teams. Everybody should know what's going on. There was just a lack of focus as far as what they wanted to do with this uh, with Indianapolis, and it shouldn't have happened. It just it was when I'm talking atrocious play by the special teams. It was beyond ridiculous, utterly, utterly embarrassing. JD, one of the other things that uh, we kind of talked about a little bit before you came on was um, the Chris Jones uh, penalty. Um, yeah. And a lot of people are online because obviously that's the last drive of the game. So everyone's going to look to that one as, oh, we lost because of him, because of Chris Jones, yeah. uh, which, as you said, special teams played a part throughout the entire game. Uh, and then also the play con, the lack of adjustments on offense, um, the line play. But uh, talk to me about the Chris Jones play because I've seen a lot of people say, well, there's guys talk crap to each other on the field all game long. Uh, and you played, you, you probably experienced that or, you know, talking crap to other people. You don't see flags happen all game long. I mean, can you talk to me about, about that? Do you see kind of the BS in that call? You know, it's, it's kind of ticky tack, but the, but the reality is this, uh, you know, Chris was talking to him when he first sacked him, was on top of, on top of him. And then he gets up and he's still talking to him and right in front of two refs. So you just can't do it. Uh, I'm sorry. You just, you just really can't do it. I, and I don't know what he said. You know, as far as, you know, now this day and age with referees and how they're doing and they, they, they're they actually managing the game, you know they're going to be calling it tick-tack fouls. Uh, you know, just to me, like you, what you do to eliminate it, just don't say anything. Hey, Matt, we got you. Hey, let's go ahead. You know, just move on from it. So, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was kind of a ticky-tack. But, you know, we don't know what was said. And I, I guess, I mean, Chris, I'm sure he's going to come up and say, well, I didn't really say anything. And, you know, Matt being there. Guys are drawing back and forth. It happens all the time. But there's certain things that's being said by the, the referees that they'll throw a flag on. That's the reality of it. And so we don't know what that was. Uh, I'm sure it'll come out. But, hey, man, you know, just just eliminate it. Just eliminate it. Uh, what did you think about that, Lance? We, ha- we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about that like specific play. I mean, what, what did you think about that call, that flag? Well, I'm definitely not going to tell JD he's wrong because he's actually been on the, in the trenches before. He knows what it actually goes on, goes into those types of games. He's been inside those situations. But what I will say is, if you are going to call that, let's make sure the league as a whole is keeping this consistent because this can't be a game to game type of situation where you're only calling it in certain games in certain situations. Because as I recall, just one week ago today, we saw Tom Brady walking to Marshawn Lattimore and cussing him out and causing a fight that got his wide receiver suspended. And he didn't get a flag on that play. And so what I just want to see is some consistency from the league. I'm not blaming Chris Jones for this one. I think Chris Jones was caught up in the moment. I think he was excited for the fact that he was getting a sack. I think it was uh, because it was a big – it was a key moment. That could have – like you guys said, that could have very well won the game for the Chiefs right then and there. And I think it just – I think it shocks a lot of people because maybe he did say something to Matt Ryan that wasn't right. Maybe he deserved that flag. My point, though, is that we look across the league and it's not consistent. It's not a thing that you see star players on the offensive side get flagged for. Tom Brady constantly is doing things like that. Other great players are, are doing these things, saying these things, jawing away, and we're like, oh, that's football, man. We're sitting here clapping. We're loving it because it's a, it's a passionate thing. It's something we all as fans love to consume because we do it ourselves. Like J.D. was just saying earlier, you were yelling at the screen. So was I. It's something we do. It's what makes this game great. But do not penalize one guy. 
and then turn around and not do it on other guys that may be a little bit more notable in this league. Let's keep it a little consistent, man. That's the only, that's the only real problem I had. Like I said, if you're going to flag a guy and you think it's justifiable, if you think that Chris Jones said something that, okay, that's unacceptable, i got to throw this flag, I can live with that. But what I'm not going to live with is if I turn my TV to the next station, I flip it to Fox, and I see the same damn thing happen, and it isn't getting flagged because of the name on the back of that jersey. That's the problem I have. Okay, well, uh, two points for that, okay? And I agree with you, Lance. Uh, I think with the Tom Brady win, and I, I can't quite remember. I just, like, off the top of my head, Tom wasn't necessarily near a referee when he was saying it. We knew he got into a verbal battle with, 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 uh, with Lattimore and whatnot, but a, a referee wasn't on top of him at the time when it happened. Right. Yeah. And so that may be part of the difference. So when you have two referees that are literally right beside Chris at this time, there's some things that referees will let go and some things, you know, to their discretion, how they're going to make these calls. You know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and so what they, they'll give you some leeway, you know, to, you know, jaw and say things. I mean, this is grown men talking to each other. Right. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, hold on, man. Like, yo, like you don't see us standing here. Like, we, like you literally, your shoulder is touching our shoulder. And you sitting there talking all this smack, and right. so that might be part of the part of the deal. And I get that part of it, like you know, you got to be able to keep it consistent, um, you know. But I, I think you know, at that time, man, you just you know, that's that's the awareness, just being smart. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just, you know what, let it go. Your head, you was already on top of him talking noise. You know what I'm saying? You, hit, you lay on it for three seconds in his ear, talking smack. Then you yeah. get up and, and, and continue the talk after that. But, but like you said, I, I, you know, even just that penalty in itself, right, that's one penalty through us this entire game. And the thing is, like somebody said, man, the blame goes all the way around, man. The, the Chiefs didn't really just play a, a good team game, period. So I, I just think, you know, it, it, obviously that comes out because it's magnified because it was at the end of the game and it costs like them to, you know, uh, to keep the, the what's the name of going, the drive going. But I don't know, man. That, that's that, this, the Chiefs game. This Chiefs game. The Chiefs should have blown this team out by at least four touchdowns. Easy, easy in Indianapolis. There's no reason why they shouldn't have. You know. So, well, JD, I'll say this real quick, Marcus. To that point of what you just said about how this game should have been the Chiefs game. To to they should have won this game without really any problem. Yeah. Like we were talking about how you saw. The way that the Colts offense started, where the defense just clamped down on them, there's a quick three and out. The Chiefs are getting the ball. They just kicked off, so you know the Chiefs are getting the ball at, at, at the beginning of the second half. So things are looking good. What you cannot do is give teams that are struggling like the Colts have out the gate of this season second breath, a second chance in life. Because yeah. what happened directly after Sky Moore put that ball on the ground? They scored a touchdown, and they're already working up 7-0 before Patrick Mahomes even touches the ball. Now, Patrick and the offensive line were not very good today. Patrick looked very timid behind the offensive line. The offensive line for the second consecutive week has looked, has struggled really bad. Like you mentioned, Trey Smith, that's absolute truth, man. The front, their, their interior offensive line should be the strength of their offensive line because they were insanely great last season. Yes, I'll sir. Get for the Chargers game last week because that's an incredible front seven. So you're going to struggle at times against that type of talent that, that, that's coming against you. But this week, man, without Shaq Leonard out there and without a lot of guys that are out there that can get you get you uh, uh, in the backfield, there's really no excuse for the Chiefs offensive line to look that bad, especially when you have 10 days, 10 days, man, to figure out a game plan against a team that's hobbled and struggling to score at any – I mean, they were struggling to score today. 
And it looked like the Chiefs were the offense that was struggling more than even the Colts were. It's it, it just a, it's an embarrassing loss. It's going to be a long week. Am I, am I sitting here worried about this team in the long run? No, absolutely not. This team till, still, to me, is the AFC representation. But this is just one of those losses, man, that just it, it can either keep you away from the one seed or you've got to be hoping for some good luck down the road like the Bills losing today, the Dolphins. That definitely helps the Chiefs as well. But you just you can't lose games like this, man. Yeah, I think I think it was more so like uh, the game plan. I think was 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 on point. It's the execution of the plays. That's what it was. I Miss mean, guys performing, and like you said, when you go against a, a great defensive line like you did the week before, and then come up this week and you fall short, I mean it, it, that just shouldn't happen. Right. I mean, really. That, and then I think a lot of that was where you know Trey and some of those guys was getting pushed in the backfield. You know, coming around the edge, and Pat was back there moving his. I mean, he was moving around more than. Usually, and he, he shouldn't have been moving around as much as he should have, especially against this uh, um, NDD. Really, um, you talk about Lance. You talk about the, the you know lack of consistency with calls, and I think that kind of there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go with that, especially with quarterback play. Like for example, um, the penalty that we thought Mahomes got, where they, they 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 pulled his face mask. Tom Brady gets that. And they sneeze on him. He gets that. He gets that call. Mahomes thought he got it. We all thought he got it, but then I guess they picked it up without any kind of any um, mentioning of that. Uh, J.D., there was one play, in, it was one of the drives where Mahomes threw it to uh, Kelsey, the back of the end zone. Quarterback didn't even play the ball. It was like bodying Kelsey. I mean, what did you think about that? That, 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 was, one, that was one play that I think uh, should have been looked at. I mean, like a, a little more. I mean, uh, Romo and Nance kind of like didn't really talk about that at all. They, they talked about it a little bit, but then kind of went, went away from it. What did you think about that play? A lot of people say that Kelsey didn't make a, enough of, a, of a, a motion for the ball to try to, to play to play and get the ball. I mean, that, that's that could have been it, but that's space guarding all day. The way I look at it, I mean, seriously, I mean, I mean, he's in the back of the end zone. The ball is coming to him. You know, if, if Travis comes makes more of a play, I guess coming through the guy to try to make it, maybe. I don't know if they thought like the the, the ball was low and it, you know he didn't really have a chance at it. Maybe they thought it was just a bad ball. I don't know, but I, I to to be honest with you. I would have been surprised and shocked if that flag came out. Really, you know, I was like you said, I was more surprised that the ball did come out. And so I think it was like a lot of consistency. So you talk about Patrick Mahomes with the, the face mask, and he missed a uh, rough in the passer too. On a, um, I forgot who the D line hit him on. He knew he was going out of bounds to throw the ball. He knew mm -hmm. that, and he still hit uh, Mahomes anyway. And I, I just, I just don't understand why these things happen, and it's not being talked about more. And so I don't know, man. I, I just so Lance, what do you think about that? The last play there. The Look, I, I'm not a guy that likes to play the whole like you know refs you know screwed the team over and that's why the Chiefs lost. I, I don't want to be that guy, but you, yeah. I feel like we're almost obligated to have to point these things out because they do affect the outcome of games. They do, and, and I really believe now. Travis Kelsey did drop a touchdown that Patrick Mahomes put on his palms, mm -hmm. so we we have to give Travis some criticism on that as well. And Travis will will definitely own up to that because that was an absolutely perfect pass that he dropped. And that would have decided the game right then and there. But, I mean, that, that, that was the letter of the law of defensive pass interference. Moore had his hands on the inside. You saw the replay. His hands were on the inside of Travis's jersey, not allowing Travis to really go for the ball. And, and uh, Travis's momentum was carrying him outside, so he couldn't stop and then move towards the ball. That was letter of the law of defensive pass interference. They didn't talk about it. And what I didn't like is the most about the penalty that should have been on Patrick, when he got, and they, it was clear as day face mask. The dude ripped his face mask down. It was it, whatever penalty you want to call it. There was a penalty there. 
they picked it up and they didn't explain yeah. any reasoning as to why they picked it up because any replay would have clearly indicated that they committed a penalty on that play. So I don't understand what the referees were seeing or not seeing on that that we did or didn't see because I clearly saw a penalty. And, and for a league that prides themselves allegedly on protecting the quarterbacks, which is you know the lion's share of their product there, which is what represents their league and gives them the quality product they have, I didn't really see that today. I'll be honest with you because they, they sure as hell protected Matt Ryan when Chris Jones said some harsh words that hurt his 37-year-old feelings, but I didn't see that for 27-year-old Patrick Mahomes when there was an actual penalty that he suffered. So I, I'm, I'm very frustrated on that, but this this loss is definitely on the offensive line and special teams because the special teams played like the Looney Tunes and Space Jam before they got Michael, Michael's secret stuff. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, look, man, I, I, I want to know what was, what was said to Matt Ryan. And the thing is, I mean, is that going to warrant that flag because if he's just like you know just cussing him you know just amen whatever that that's not enough come on now like you can't throw a penalty like it like you said you could throw a penalty on every single play matter of fact you could throw it before the ball is snapped you know if it's about you know using choice uh, uh choice words against guys right i mean seriously come on now maybe he said 28 to 3 and they're like oh we can't we can't have that 28 to 3 in the super bowl man you can't you can't say that <laughs> the flag. he said 28 to 3 uh, JD, uh, this was something that, I, that a lot of people were commenting on Twitter. Um, everyone, you know, people were upset about a lot of things. But one thing that people it's been standing out to people is that even you go back to last week, go back to this week. What is it that we're not really getting a lot of our receivers into the game? Are, are they not getting a lot of separation on the routes? What are you noticing when watching the, this game? Are, they, are these guys not getting a lot of separation? I mean, it's just they're not. There was also there was a coverage stack. There's a couple coverage stacks out there. A lot of times Mahomes is trying to extend because these guys weren't getting off the break of the routes. What are you noticing from the receivers that that we may not be, you know, that the guys like us aren't, aren't really noticing? You know what? I, I, to be honest with you, there were some things the guys are open and just Pat missed, just missed them. I mean, you know, to be honest, I mean, let's just let's be real. And so I think a lot of it had to do with maybe part of the pressure of just you know putting it on Pat, making him move his feet, getting the timing off of him, and so. What ends up happening is you, you cut down with, with the timing, you end up cutting down part of like the route, part of like half the field on certain things. And so what Pat tries to do is with his feet, he's trying to extend plays. And at, at that point, now what we're playing is we're playing kind of the, the, the red ball, getting open, running your, your, your laws on finding holes and windows. And so if he's not able to do it successfully, then I think that's what, what you know, kind of, uh, you know, shows up. But I don't necessarily believe that it's guys are not necessarily getting open. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, like some of the things I'm looking at it, I, I really believe part of it was just a timing off from, you know, some depression, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think the Chiefs' offensive line is causing that problem because I'll be real with you, as J.D. alluded to right there, I mean, that was perfectly said, there were several times where MVS was wide open down the field. We saw that early in the game. There was that shot play that he he broke wide open, and Patrick could have sent him to the house right there with reservations for six, and he just missed him. And we saw that against the Cardinals with McCole Hardman multiple times where he just simply missed the play. You can theorize as to what that is that's causing that problem. I don't expect that to last because I think these guys are going to you know, really figure it out as the season progresses because we're only three games into a 17-game schedule. But it, it is frustrating to see because you expect with all the practice and all the repetition this team's been doing together all the way all, all the way back to March and April. You, you've seen Patrick Mahomes having the guys down in Texas and they've been practicing out there in that Texas heat. 
You would have thought by now they would have had that a little bit more down, but I think it all, again, starts with the pressure that I don't think any of us, including Patrick Holmes, was expecting him to see up front to where he doesn't really have that time in the pocket to climb up and really elevate those throws and really put him to where he wants to put him. So it's just a frustrating performance altogether from this offense because, like I said, there was just several missed opportunities in so many different ways, man, that just left so many points on the board. Yeah. It, it, now, uh, the, the significance of, like, having the depth of the pocket from the inside, like, when you have a quarterback left, running left to right to try to make throws, it, it's always a difficult thing as opposed to the getting downfield, you know, hitting the lanes. And so if he had just, like, that clean pocket to make throws, I think he'd been able to pick them apart. And so also, too, you just got to watch maybe in a couple of the plays, Pat probably could have checked a few of those balls down. I see that they was wide open. He could just, like, just dip and duck, you know, to McKinnon, you know, to CEH and just – let them make 10 or 15 yards. And so I think part of that is just the competitive spirit, right? Pat just like, look, I can make this throw right here. I can make this throw right here. And I think sometimes it, it kind of came up maybe at the, the at the end of the half. You know, that's what everybody was kind of talking about. Like, why not take another shot? You, you know, did three shots. Well, at this point, it's like, look, we're up. We're going to get the ball back at the half. And when you come out, it was actually hitting on all cylinders. But part of the problem is I think as, as fans, we don't think, those little check downs and, you know, kind of sustaining the drives is sexy enough, right? I think people get caught up in it like, oh, I want the big play. Hey, man, look, sometimes you don't have to do that all the time. Sometimes it's just a check down. Then we get five or six, seven yards here. Then you hit them over the hip for about 15. So I think we, we shouldn't get caught up in that. Let's look at the practicality of, like, the play calling, what should be done. And I think sometimes they'll look at this and they'll, they'll of course, evaluate what went wrong as far as like with the timing of the play, guys getting open, they'll have all of that. I mean, look, this week, I guarantee these guys are going to have it all out. And so I, I'll be amazed. We don't hear, you know, uh, about two coming in and not turning over a couple of tables and, you know, bite somebody in the, in the knee or something. I don't know. So we'll see. Since you mentioned the um, the little the little argument right before halftime, or whatever you want, whatever you want to call it, um, that's probably going to be a big storyline this week on national media. Maybe they may bring that up. You know, when they talk about the Chiefs losing to the Colts, they may bring that up. Um, as a player who played and, and you know and probably probably had some you know probably chirped with coaches a little bit, and I, that, that, you know, the kind of there's kind of that like back and forth. You know, um, yeah. big deal or no deal? No, no deal, man. It's not a big deal at all. I mean, look, like I said, as an offense, you want the ball every single chance you get to try to score, to make more yards. I mean, that's what you do, right? I mean, that's your job. And so I don't really look at it as, as it being a big deal. Like, he be deal he had, sometimes you had to talk your guys down. Shoot, I had to be talking down plenty of times. Hey, man, I want the ball. Hey, J.D., relax. We just, hey, man, we're doing it this way. Let's stay with the game plan. Hey, we'll come back in. Let's start from there. And so I, I think – you know, when people start putting it on, you know, TV and then obviously from what happened last year, then it's like, oh, my God, what did, you know, EB and then, come on, man. Like, that's that's not how it works. Like, it, it happens every halftime. I guarantee you, any offense that has the, the, the ball in their hand, I don't care if you're 80 yards away, you got five seconds. They were like, let's run a play and try to get a touchdown. That's the way it works, man. That's the way it works. So it's not a big deal. Not at all. I, I wish I shared JD's optimism on this one. But when this is now the second time in four games dating back to the Chiefs AFC Championship loss to the Bengals, where we've seen Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes literally get in shouting matches together and fight like this at the end of the first half and in the second half, they only put up a certain amount of points and they look like they're absolutely lost in offense again. 
I think there is, I think there is a problem there, and I think that you see people on Twitter talking about this. People that I won't name by names, but I can talk to you guys about it off air that are in the know, and they're saying some things that I feel like are very uh, uh, strongly opinionated. I don't think they would be saying these things unless they felt that there was some sort of uh, qualm or issue going on. Do I believe that this is going to deter the Chiefs? Do I believe that Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy can't work together? Absolutely not. Because in the last five, well, going on five seasons now, the Chiefs average the most points per game in the NFL. And Eric Bieniemy deserves a lot of credit for that. Eric Bieniemy is a good coach. And I think that him and Patrick Mahomes can work together. But I also think that there are some issues with how they see things going. And that can be good for a team. That can ignite something in an offense and they can start clicking and have a six, seven game stretch where they look completely unstoppable. But I do think there is a fundamental and a... Um, so a, a belief difference between these two guys because I definitely think Patrick Mahomes wanted that drive to go a little differently, and I think Eric Bieniemy was playing very conservative in, in the approach of how they ran that ball at the end to run the clock out. I think Patrick, knowing this offense can literally score within 13 seconds no matter where they're at on the field, I think he wanted to give them that opportunity, and then Eric Bieniemy did not want to do that. And I don't know again if this is going to be something that's going to cause real problems or real concern, but to me, I, I read this and I see this, and I'm thinking, yeah. These guys clearly have a rivalry between themselves, and a lot of times that can work because we even seen, what was it Bob Ryan and uh, I think it was, oh, God, who was it? He used to, oh, Mike Ditka. Bob Ryan and Mike, Mike Ditka they used to fight all the time on the sidelines, but they had the greatest defense arguably of all time with the Bears, and you saw what they did together and how they worked together, and those dudes hated each other. So sometimes the toughest, roughest types of relationships can work out in the NFL, man, and I, I, I expect that to continue this year. Well, I'll I tell you what, I, and I disagree with that, and, and I'm going to tell you why. We've seen several times that Tom Brady and uh, McDaniels get on it on the sideline, right? And then they end up winning how many Super Bowls? So the thing yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. Okay. And I, it, this is like the perspective of a player. Yeah. So when I'm telling you it happens all the time, I'm telling you it happens all the time. When you come into the locker room, it's like one of those things where coaches are telling guys, like, look, man, relax. We understand, like, we hear your argument. We know what you're thinking, right? But we have a game plan that we got to stick with. That's why you see Andy Reid when he caught uh, uh, Pat because he's just like, look, man, come on, let's go. You know, he's, to me, I, I think people make it uh, such a big deal, right? Because then you hear these talking heads, of course, that somebody might say something here, somebody might say something there. These things are going to exist. I, offensive coordinator, okay, and quarterback. That's always going to happen. Quarterbacks are not always going to be on the same page. There are plays quarterbacks want to do. They always want to go for the football. But it's the same thing. Like, we have to think about it. Well, then who's at fault here? If, if we're thinking, like, going back to, like you said, the last season, you know, with that Cincinnati game, who's at fault here with that? Right? Is it on Pat? I know EB was on it. I know that was, that was a terrible call. If it was on Pat, that's a terrible play on him. Right? And so he has every reason and, and be valid and justified to be upset with a quarterback making their call in his hand. Yep. Because then all of a sudden you don't get no points, right? And so it's it's a power struggle that shouldn't be there, okay? There's, the, there's a hierarchy there that has to happen. And so when you're sitting over there saying, like, look, man, look, just trust the system of what we're doing. We know we have a high-powered offense. But if I gave you two chances, you didn't move the football? Look, everybody's healthy. You're healthy right now. We don't know what these guys are going to do. They might bring a rush. You might get hit. You know, you might be out of the game. If we lose you, we definitely ain't got a chance. And so we know we don't have, look, and, and, and I'm going to take, look, Tim was that guy, okay? He was. Well, I'm not taking away from his big play capability, but he's a guy that could catch the football and hit his head on the goalpost. That guy's not there. He's not there right now. 
and it's fine. I ain't got no problem with it whatsoever. And I think that's why, you know, you got to have some type of confidence and understanding what the play calling is going to be and, and, and just trust what the process is going to be, right? Pat just being competitive. I know it's what he is. He's like, man, how come we can't go with this? We, we got another play to run like this. He's like, hey, look, I got it. But look, hey, man, we get the ball to have, right? Calm down, man. Cool down. We're going to be okay. The thing was, as offense, I know everybody looks, you know, at EB, but it's on everybody. Sometimes the execution of plays, it might be the guy's not getting it done, right? You yep. said, hey, Pat missed one. He missed several call, uh, plays out there. You know, Travis missed one in the end zone. And so blame goes all around, man. I, I just I don't want to make it more of a, 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 a thing than it really is. And I think that's what part of the problem, because when you start doing that, then you start causing dissension. That's what happens. And that that's, that, that it kind of goes in and it, it, it's cancerous. Like it really does. It can run through the team when you start making it an issue. And so mm -hmm. what ends up happening is you start reporters coming in. Hey, we heard this. We heard that, Pat. What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And so it's all that noise on the outside. But see, when people see this all the time, what are people supposed to think? They're not in the huddle. I just know because when you're sitting over here and it happens, when I'm telling you every halftime, it's always halftime. Somebody is not happy. Somebody's coming in fussing, arguing. You could be up two touchdowns or somebody going to come in and fuss. That's just the way it is, man, in, in the NFL locker room. I, that's the reality of it, really. Yeah. Um so getting off the kind of the uh, the soap opera that a lot of people are going to make out the Chiefs locker room to be um, this coming week. Um, mm -hmm. Before this game, uh, I saw some people saying, what's going to happen with Ronald Jones? You know, we're playing Tampa Bay next week. You know, a lot of people thought this week was a trap game. Um, and then looking at our run game, it's been pretty pretty good. We haven't given, given the ball to CH a lot. But then today, the run game across the board is kind of atrocious. Uh um, McKinnon had seven carries, 20 yards, averaged 2.9 yards a carry. Pacheco, three carries, nine yards. Um, CH seven carries at zero yards. He had a couple negative uh yards. I mean, just that's the, the old line there. Um, but is there a chance that we'll see Ronald Jones not only because this is against his old team, but because the run game is not really where it should be? I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. there's a chance we see Ronald Jones this week. Well, if, uh, this, this is the thing I see with Ronald Jones. I've been big on him since they signed him. I said this is a guy that I think fits perfectly with this Chiefs offensive scheme. Uh, so to answer your question as quickly and, and as efficiently as possible, I really hope so, Marcus. I really hope so because I think he could really add uh, a strong physical presence for this running back core because I think they played overall pretty well considering how shaky the offensive line has surprisingly been so far this season. Uh, but I, I, do, I honestly do believe that he would be right now, and I know this sounds like a hot take, I think he would be the best running back on this team. And the biggest reason why is because he's proven more than anybody else on the stand. I'm a big Clyde guy. I've stood by Clyde since day one, and I think Isaiah Pacheco's got RB1 potential. And McKinnon's a very solid veteran, so I don't mean to discredit what he does because he's a, he's also really good with chipping, you know, those those defensive uh, uh, edge rushers. Whenever those guys come through, you see him chipping. He's not even a big guy at all. So I don't mean to discredit what these guys do, but I think Ronald Jones would add an element to this offense that I don't really think they have on a consistent basis. And again, in Tampa Bay, even splitting reps with Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones performed and produced and he played really well for them especially in big games too we got to forget we can't forget that his guy was on that Super Bowl team 
That this guy was on that team that won the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, and he played well that season. And I think that I think that Ronald Jones needs to get an opportunity. I, I just don't know if it's going to happen yet because I think he's that guy they're just using as a well. This is a depth piece. If somebody goes down because it's inevitable, it happens. It's a long, grueling season. Clyde Edwards-Helaire had injury concerns. So is McKinnon, especially McKinnon. And Isaiah Pacheco is still an unproven seventh-round pick. I think that Ronald Jones is that guy that is kind of holding in the holster, just ready for to shoot him out of the gun whenever that opportunity comes. And I do hope it comes, but unfortunately, I think that opportunity only comes if somebody gets injured. Uh, that, that's I, I like an assessment of it. Uh, and and I think, to be honest with you, uh, at, at, hearing you speak, Lance, I really believe that this might be the week that Rojo suits up. I really do. And uh, I think part of it, it goes into – Possibly what Pacheco wasn't doing on, on special teams. Yeah, I didn't really see a whole lot from him. Right, he wasn't really providing that spark. And so, if you're thinking about running the football, how many yards did he actually have? You know, th this past week, in the past few weeks. And so, I think Rojo would be a great change of pace. You know, what you, what you can do. I think a guy like that who's running behind his pads, who understands who's a veteran, will be able to provide that spark for this offense. And so, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't have a problem with it whatsoever. And so if you want to do not dress Pacheco, hey, man, by all means, why not? So like I said, it's not like he's doing, a, you know, making stellar plays offensively or, you know, on, on, on special teams right now. And so I think that's part of they, that's part of the deal. It's like the the importance of having Pacheco on, all, uh, on special teams. You know, can you, have, you know, do without that guy? I don't know. But Rojo would be a great change of pace, man. I, I would love to see him against Tampa Bay. Not only that, but that, the guy will come in hungry. Yeah, that, when you when you telling a guy who sat and watched the last three games, you know who, like you said, all intents and purposes, who's a running back one. Now you give him a chance. He's like, look, I got something to prove. Yeah, I, I'm guaranteed. I will run as hard as you want me to run. I'm gonna play as hard as you want me to play. I'm a, I'm here to make a statement. And so I think this might be the week. Sometimes you got to bring a guy out there, man, to spark to, to spark the offense up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he might be that guy. I just seen like Ceh. I think he did well the last two games. This game, he was running a little bit more, you know, east to west, not north to south. He was trying to find – and look, and when you got smaller uh, running backs, you can't just take your time dancing in the backfield. You just can't do it. You know, you got to be a bigger back doing that, right? And it, it has a little bit more mobility and, and a little bit more power. And so I think right now, if you bring Rojo in, I wouldn't have a problem with it whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, going forward, like based on the way the, the the running game was today, and then also, you know, the fact that it is going to be a grudge match for him next week against the Buccaneers, a team that you know didn't want him back, they want the services back. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think it makes all sense of the world. You know, it gives us a spark and some kind of rejuvenated, like some 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 new blood in there um, as we as we go forward, right? Hey, man, listen, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, okay? I don't care what play you have. Any team that's got rid of that guy, you need to play that guy very next week. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talking about having an incentive to go out there and do well. It's always the team that that got rid of you. I mean, I, I'm telling you, man, that sucker will run out there like the, the like the grass is on fire. And there's glass out there right now. Trust me. So he might have to be that guy, man. I'm telling you that. Yo, Rojo, hey man, come on in. We we shooting you up this week. <laughs> He's gonna be like, oh, it's like going it's like going to to school for the first day, right? So. <laughs> That's a, he might be ready, man. Seriously, I'm, I'm telling you, he might be that spark we need. All right. Well, that does it for us for the the first ever uh, live stream and post game podcast, Lance. I I, lo I, I love the spoken and uh, chief concerns uh, collab right yes, here. Yes, sir. I yes, love sir. it. 
<laughs> yeah, this this made me feel a lot better about today, and I think the only way I can top this off now is if I go and make myself a nice big bowl of mac and cheese for my guy, Jay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Hey, look. Hey, have some mac and cheese for me, my brother. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. I will say before we got on this, it was probably it was right after they scored a touchdown. You know, obviously the 13 seconds game happened last year, and say, like, oh, there's a chance we come back. But I like I I grab my I have like my little like youth football next to me. I'm like, man, I gotta go on. A, we gotta go on a podcast after this. I don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so, I was so mad, but yeah, this did this did help. And you know, seeing the comments, you know, people, you know, everyone's everyone's a little hot about it. But you know, I think we all know in the long run of things, it'll be okay. Yeah, they weren't going 17 and 0, fellas. We knew yeah. they were going to drop games. We just don't like to see them drop games like this where they have 10 days of rest and look this bad. So they definitely got to bounce back next week against Tampa Bay. And I and I think what's softened the blow is watching the Bills get they 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 butts handed to them too, right? So you, you see Ken Dorsey up there throwing a fit like a five year old man. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! I started, you know, I started laughing. You know, wife was looking at me like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "This sucker's up here going crazy right now." You know? <laughs> And J- Jacksonville, uh, someone just told us Jacksonville's up thirteen nothing right now over us, uh, the Chargers. So man, missed a real opportunity here, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Ra- Raiders, Raiders lost again, zero three. I think I think San Fran's going to take care of business tonight in Denver. Um, so all is right in the AFC West, at least. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Jacksonville can take care of business and and, and do what they got to do. But that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in, to Chief, Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week, and don't forget to subscribe to Chief Concerns and the Spoken Podcast with our guy Lance, and we'll see you guys uh, next Sunday. We got Tampa Bay. Is that a 4 o'clock game next week? I know it's in Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see so you guys. It might, I think that might be a primetime game, if I'm not mistaken. Should is, be. It, is it Sunday night game? I think, yeah, because the Chiefs, I think it's Sunday night, and it's Monday night against the Raiders. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know you know it's going to be Brady and Mahomes. it got to be prime. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. All right. Well, so we'll see you guys. Well, for the Chief Concerns fans, we'll see you guys Thursday. For the Spoken fans, we'll see you guys Saturday. And then uh, post-game Sunday night around midnight. So Chief Concerns after dark uh, next Sunday. <laughs> All right. See you guys next time. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.